Hey good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So hey, going to start off with coordinate. Coordinate. I might play around with the concept of a coordinate plane. Coordinate plane. Um, and I may not stay here throughout the entire reflection. I always say where I start isn't necessarily where I am going to end, but I'm definitely going to start with coordinate slash coordinate plane. I want to tell you that it is an ambitious start because I had several other starting points that then started unfolding and unlayering into each other so that my final space of unlayering was the coordinate or the coordinate plane. So it really wasn't what I got out of the bed this morning to hit the record button to do, but it's where, as I started thinking about what I wanted to say, and I had one starting point, and as I started looking into that, it morphed into another one, and then I looked into that, and then it morphed into another, and so this is where I am. So it's going to be a little ambitious it's, it feels like a little bit of a stretch to get to here. And I'm curious to see how the evolution of the starting point, it will have an impact on what I wanted to talk to you about. So we'll see. We will see. Cross your fingers. I'm going to explain how I got here on the other side of this disclaimers because I know I will fall into a rabbit hole. So I'm not even going to attempt to start off with the evolution of the starting point. Until I do my disclaimers, all right? Before I do the disclaimers, I want to let you know I'm sitting in my car. Um, got ready to do the recording. The house is very still and quiet. I've, when you live with people, you get to know their patterns. And just like my neighbors who live above me know my patterns, I know their patterns. And so um, they were just, you know, I've learned that when they're quiet, like super quiet and still, Something is happening, and I don't want to get more into that in this recording. But so I decided to just leave the house and drive to get me some coffee. And so I'm in a parking lot, and um, you'll hear traffic around me. But it's a good space. It's a really good space. It's a beautiful day. Um, and so it's good. It's good. It's good, good, good. So anyway, hey, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an IATJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets around critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs of power, specifically race, class, gender, sexuality, just to name a few. There are many of them, but just to name a few, okay? This project is unedited and it is unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.com. .wordpress.com. I'm in a good space this morning and a lot is happening in my world. You guys know um, um, I'm still contending with two storms. Um, 
I'm contending with a um, family storm where there's an illness. And uh, because I come from an intergenerational trauma space, um, that illness brings together people who love each other who also are from that same intergenerational trauma. And then it kind of like a pool table. Like, I don't even know why I'm using this metaphor. But when you break the... I don't even know why I'm using this metaphor. But when you start the pool, the game of pool, and you have this triangle, you have all the balls in the triangle, and you have a white ball, and the, the white ball is, you hit the white ball to, to this collection of balls, to scatter the balls. Anyway, and so it's that that impact of the ball, of the, the triangle of balls, and seeing those scatter, and all the balls bumping up against each other. Anyway, hopefully you understand this metaphor that I'm trying to um, use that it's not anything linear it's not anything constant it's not anything static I mean we're bumping bumping up against each other and it really is a storm and it's a you know there's a lot of beauty in it you know um, for example we're praying we have a certain time a day I don't know if I've ever mentioned, mentioned this to you but the night that my person announced to the family what was going on um another family member said why you know god is putting on my heart for um for us to pick for this day this time of the day um to pray and um and we've been doing that for three is it three I'm sorry, it's four months, and we've been pretty consistent. Um, and just that, and it's, and then we're all over the country, and then we just go in the text thread when we do the prayer, and just you know, we just offer up this this these hands of prayer, and and it's just the way we've been unified, and it's been a, it has genuinely been been beautiful. It's been a beautiful experience. Um. And I pray that that's the lesson. I pray that that's one of the things that will come out of this. That it brought us together in prayer. Because we've never done anything like this. Um, so that's beautiful. So there's that. So I don't. I say intergenerational trauma. I don't, and I say storm. But I don't want you to think it's all bad. I mean it's just difficult. Because the you know. Um, cancer is a real real illness. And it's. It takes a toll on the body. It takes a toll on the spirit. And it takes a toll on the loved ones. Um, I went to a... We went to a an event um, recently. And for, you know, people who are battling cancer. And I really appreciated that they signaled... They lifted up the people who were battling cancer. But they also lifted up caregivers. Because it isn't just on one person. I mean, you know. So... Um, and so, yeah, there, it's a storm. I, I, I hate a part of me that's wrestling with. Um, there was a motorcycle that just went past. Um, a part of me is wrestling with calling it a storm because there is beauty here, but it's tough. It's tough, and it and, and then it's stressful. And um, when you come from trauma, um, I mean, it can be triggered. And then we're all coming from trauma. We are we all experience trauma in a different way, and then we 
we're being triggered and then we're bumping up, up against each other. So it, it's a storm. <laughs> so anyway, it's a storm, but there is some beauty there. So that's one storm that I've told you guys about. And the other storm is work. You know, they um, have decided to take the funding for our project and to transition it, you know, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I, I'm kind of getting to the place where I'm like happy about it. Not completely because it puts me in this space where I got to do some problem solving. But I'm happy because there was a way that I was showing up in that organization because it had so many yummies to it that was inauthentic to me. And I wasn't, I was too close to it to see me in an inauthentic space. But I can't wait to get to the place where I mature and I understand with the markers of inauthenticity is for me because I think if I was an FI introverted feeling dominant or auxiliary I would know when I'm being inauthentic faster than I know now say I'm FI tertiary FI is third in my stack it's not a dominant function for me I'm a user of it all the same so authenticity is important to me all the same but I can function in a way where my authenticity is being challenged and stretched and hit and I suffer it I don't even understand that I'm doing that I don't don't understand I'm suffering it I don't understand why I'm suffering it I don't I don't understand it until a lot of suffering happens and then I'm like "Ooh, that's what's going on so um I think now that I'm having to contend with okay I'm I'm no longer doing the work. See, as long as I was doing the work that I'm super excited about, I was loving and rolling around and giggling and laughing in my dominant functions, my top, my driver, and my auxiliary. And I've been using this dashboard metaphor. And I said, hey, as long as I was driving to my destination... And my dashboard was sending off these, lighting up certain indicators saying, hey, check this, check this. This is a problem in the car. I saw it, but it didn't distract me. It was like, we're still getting focused on the destination. And now the destination is no longer there. I'm no longer playing in the top of my stack. And so it's giving me space to listen to that tertiary function. And the tertiary function is telling me I was functioning in a, I was fighting for my authenticity. I don't want to say I was inauthentic. I don't think I hit that place. But I was in a constant, constant battle for my authenticity. And I didn't know it. And so it feels really good. I'm feeling better. Just the energy you feel on me. And I've had some time to... uh, God, I've had some time to sit in some considerations that I've... Oh, it's just been good. It's been good, and when this is all said and done, and I know it's still going to be bumpy, but when it's all said and done, I'm going to be able to get into and attend to. Um, I, I, I needed to do some processing. It's been a really good journey, you all. I want to say that. I, I don't want to over-celebrate it because I know I'm still in the thick of it, Um you know, I'm in the thick of two storms. It's bumpy, but, and I said this at the beginning of season six. I said this at the beginning. I said, I'm dealing with two storms. I, I think it was when the, within the first five episodes of this season. And I said, I'm dealing with two storms and they're colliding. 
And I felt like it was going to be ultimately good for me, even though it was going to be tough. So I think I'm starting to see the light of that. I can see it. You know, we're not out of it by far. But I can see the promised land. I think I mentioned the promised land last week. And so while I'm, I got a little bit of breathing space, I want to share with you some of the, the latest revelations that are coming to me. Um, being in this space, I want to share some things, some growth points. I don't know what next week is going to sound like for me. Um, and I, I want to just continue to move forward in faith. And gratitude that although I'm in the midst of two storms, I'm thankful that I can still learn, I can still hear, I can grow. I'm thankful. So, um, I want to say this one little thing really quick. I don't want to linger here because I do want to get into the coordinates, uh, the, 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 that reflection I want to say that my person that is dealing with the cancer is having surgery this week and so that's all I want to say to that and so we will that's it just want to document that so yeah so there's that okay been thinking about my dad Obviously, through all of this, oftentimes I've been wanting to call my dad and give my dad an update. Like, hey, this is what's happening. And then I'm like, dude, you're gone. I can't call you. So, all right. I want to stay in the positive space. I don't want to get low. So, let's talk a little bit about the coordinates. And so, um, a lot has happened this week. A lot of learning, a lot of growing. There's a lot of gratitude I want to share. Um, But let's... Let, I want to frame it in this idea of a coordinate or a coordinate plane. So let me tell you how I got to this place. And then um, for the remainder of the time, I'll, I'll try to give you the reflection. Okay. All right. Oh, boy. So here we go. So I woke up with there <clears throat> over the last couple of days. Um, the word shallow has come up for me. Shallow. And there are some spaces that I've seen. A lack of a lack of depth within me, interestingly enough, because NIDOMness is all about depth, right? That perceiving function is going to go deep. It's going to penetrate deep into the thing it's observing. So I'm an observer, um, and I think um, I'd like to say an SIDOM is an observer too, although it doesn't get tagged as that. But this is not my, you know, I'm not an expert to really like defend that comment. But just let me say that, right? Being being a lay person, if you will, in the in typology world. But so I think as an anti dom, I don't just observe. I penetrate. I penetrate that thing that I'm observing, and I go in into the depths of it, down to the to its core. And um, and so what I'm learning is that. There are parts of me that don't have a depth that is shallow, believe it or not. And I don't think I'm a shallow person, 
but I've been able to recognize there are parts of me that are shallow. And I wrote it down a couple of days on my, like, you know, I do my morning reflections. I can do my list, right? Like, I'm randomness as spirit or my NI dominance give me insights. I start writing it down, right? And that's what I wrote down a couple of days, shallow. And there are, and from that, there are three stories I, could, I wrote down I can tell you about. I don't know if I'll be able to tell you all today. But there are three stories I can connect to this idea of being shallow that, sur- that surfaced for me this week. All right. So I was like, okay. So I was like, if nothing comes to me for Sunday when I do my reflection, we know we can talk about shallowness. Because we got stories. You know, I'm, I'm starting to try to think more of intent, be more intentional about coming in front of you um, on, on the weekends. So, okay, there's that. But this morning, identity came up for me because I feel like I'm at a point of learning around identity again. I'm like, yo, I know I've talked to these people about identity already. I know that I have. You're not going to get on the recording and say, I talk about identity again. You've already talked about identity. So I found, finally found the feature on the pod that um, I record this using Podbean, but it, you know, once I figured out how to, well, I, anyway, because I have two podcasts. My first podcast, I had, I, I had somebody else do all of these things for me. But I couldn't pay somebody to do this for the second podcast, so I had to do it myself. And so I, it's, I call it syndicating. I don't know what the actual terminology is, but I syndicated the podcast where I, I got it pushed out on multiple podcasting uh, platforms. By the way, somebody tweeted me, I think it was this weekend, said that they were struggling with Spotify with my podcast and they wanted me to put more episodes on YouTube. So if you're listening to me, I want to tell you, I, I didn't respond to you, but I've been thinking about what you said and I'm like interested in that. Like, is this what has happened to my downloads? Cause my downloads have shifted, um, significantly. And so that's okay. I'm, I'm pressing on, but it, it made me curious. Like, I wonder if there's some there's a problem with my syndication, so I'm going to have to look into that this week. And I want to let you know that I have three um, YouTube reflections that I just haven't um, formatted for YouTube. So I'm like, okay, I want to get that to you as well. So I want to let you know. I heard you. Thank you for that feedback, by the way. All right. So um, I had to put you guys on pause because I was like, why did you start going? Why did you go in that rabbit hole? Really? Why was it necessary? But anyway, so I, I formally record this using Podbean and then I syndicate it out. Okay. So there's a feature in Podbean where I can do a search to say, like, I can search all of my episodes because we're well over 300 episodes, um, if not 400. And I can say, how many have I done an episode where I put identity in the title? And it came up four times. I've had four episodes where identity is somewhere in the title. Three of those were in 2021. So I must have been going through something in 2021. Because three times in 2021, I did a recording about identity. And then I did another one. It looks like it. I think September of 2022 last year. So I was like, okay, we're not going to do another episode on identity. But it's on me all the same. There feels It feels like there's something that is... Um, I feel like I'm going through another growth point, another place in my maturity, my mature, my, my maturation, my maturation process, my maturing process anyway. And it feels like I have to come back to identity. And I wonder if that is true. Like when we grow, 
How does that growth impact our identity? When we learn, when we go through some kind of hardship and then we had to come out of it. We don't, I don't believe we ever come back the same. You know, I, I think I said something uh, once on Facebook and somebody corrected me. So I, I'm going to say it to, I'm going to say it to you and I might be wrong, but for, you know, for giggles, let's, let's say it. An object expanded will never return to its original state. I really thought that that was a law of physics, but somebody corrected me. And gave me some examples of how that's not true. So I don't know where I got that from. So do your homework. I probably should look that up again. But anyway, so. But I do believe that once you've been impacted, you can never return to what you were before the impact. I just don't believe it. So as we're growing and maturing, how does that influence our identity? So maybe that's why I have to circle back when I'm going through these um, I'm having an FI tingling sensation, so I think I just hit a place of truth. Um, I'm going through these, ma- I'm going through the season, right? These storms, and I'm getting through it. Because what does this? What does it say? What does it say? That does that does that which does not kill you builds you, or something like that. If you're going through something and it doesn't take you out. If you're going through something and that thing that you're going through, and no matter how tough it is, and you survive it and it doesn't take you out, you aren't going to be the same person that you were before you went through the thing. It just doesn't make any sense to think otherwise. So maybe that's why I keep coming back to identity because I'm a, I'm a person that grows and I go through these seasons. I fight and I wrestle in the storm and then I come out like, oh, Let me tell you my revelations. Oh, let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you what I'm thinking now. And then I have to go back to my identity. I think that's what's happening. So I'm hitting a growth. I'm in a bubble, y'all. And I talked to you a few weeks ago about being in this. uh, I was feeling challenged by like, I'm an INTJ, but man, I was seeing a lot of ENTJ-ness on me. I'm like, ooh, have have I been really an ENTJ? I think I'm past that. That was just a moment. I don't think I'm an ENTJ. But I'm so glad I went through that introspection because I think my TE, they say that you should work on your, they say you should spend more, if you're doing, if you're using Myers-Briggs for personal development, they say focus on the auxiliary function. Focus on that second function in your stack because it's in the opposite direction of our preferred energy, of our preferred uh, direction. Or our preferred state of being, because it's in the opposite direction of what we prefer, we're never going to lean into it. So there's going to always be room for growth. I'm an INTJ. I'm an introvert. My auxiliary function is extroverted. Is extroverted thinking. So as as much as you hear me calling it the beast, and like well, when I use my te, it's the bomb.com. There still is room for growth, and it's not because I don't know how to use the te. I don't use it enough. So when I was going through that small pocket of questioning, was I an ENTJ, it was good for me because I was like, all of the ways I could grow, like, oh, I could be doing more of this, I could be doing this, I could be doing this. So it just opened up an avenue for me to 
to consider growing in my auxiliary function. You guys, you're going to hear me taking this window up and down because I'm sitting in sun. And so when the window is up, I get hot. But when a window is down, the traffic is noisy. So I just wanted to let you know that you're going to hear that. So I've been in the, I, I've been in a growth point um, in these two storms. They've really been cha- it's really been challenging me. And a lot of a lot of points of growth are going to come out of this season. I know it because I've started making a list. I got about five things that I'm consciously aware of, five growth points that I'm consciously aware of. And I'm, I'm assuming that there are some things in my unconscious that I'm not yet aware of or my subconscious. You know, I always get those two concepts confused. I always say I'm going to study it. I do. And then I forget all over again. Oh, you know what I should do? I should roll the back window down. How about that? Use your brain a little bit. Do that. I need a breeze. That's why. Okay. So, um, so I'm in this season and um, it's taking me back to identity. I woke up with that. Fine. And as I started thinking of, as I started thinking about, okay, it's okay. Cause I was like, you can't possibly come and talk to them about identity again. But that's what's on you. So let's talk about it. So as I was negotiating with myself around identity, something came to me. And what came to me was Matthews 9 and 16. So I'm using uh, text from the sacred text for uh, Christian text, the Bible. I say that because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm trying to proselytize to them evangelize them that is not what I'm doing and my mother hates when I make this disclaimer because she's like as a Christian this is what you should be doing and um, and I do identify as a Christian but I'm like well I'm not that kind of Christian because I think you can inspire people to be their better, better selves without being overt and dogmatic right and that's just not the kind of Christian I am and and um, that's fine. And most days, I've just recently come back to identifying as a Christian. You guys have heard me talk about it. I don't want to fall into a rabbit hole. But oh, most most days, I just simply identify as a spiritual being. And that's all. And I feel that my relationship with spirit is okay with that. So anyway, so I'm not proselytizing or evangelizing. Sorry, Mom. So, um, So what came to me was... Matthews 9 and 16. But here's the thing. I didn't know it was Matthews 9 and 16. And I've never consciously, I didn't know about this scripture. So what what was coming to me was take off the garment. Take off the old garment. And I was like, that feels like that scripture. But I don't know. So what I did was I bypassed that. So while I was feeling like I heard that inside of me, I was like hearing that, take off the old garment. I was like, I think that scripture, I was like, no, I know. Let me, let me go to a scripture that I do know. And then I went to, um, um, I thought about first Corinthians 13, 11. Now that, I didn't know the 
the, 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 the what do you call it? The I don't know what you call it. The the scripture address. I don't know what you call the place, but I knew the concept. I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you what these scriptures say in a minute. I knew the next thing that came to my mind. First uh, Corinthians thirteen eleven. I knew that was scripture. So then I went and looked that up. And then as I was reading that, I was like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of another one that I think about often. And that one was Luke 5, 37 and 39. Now, now here's the thing. I didn't know any of these. There are some scriptures I know. I know Romans 8 and 28. I know Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. It's not that many. <laughs> it's not that many. But I know a couple of them where I know exactly where you can find them in the Bible. So I don't know scripture like that. <laughs> and I'm always laughing because I'm always bringing scripture up and then I butcher them and all that. But I know enough scripture, right? <laughs> okay. So anyway, I found these three scriptures and I want to share them with you. And then after I was looking at those scriptures, then I was like, okay, how do I pick which scripture to share? Then I took each scripture and then I, I created a concept map of the scriptures. And then from that concept map, the idea of a coordinate came up. And then I looked up the court. What, a, what is a coordinate? And then this idea of a coordinate plane came up. <laughs> so I just took 30 minutes to explain to you how I got to this place of the coordinate. All right. And I'm going to bring it all together. I'm, I'm really, really going to try to bring it all together. I'm laughing because I'm like... Yo, you're in Idam, you're out there. You're out there pretty far. So, I just wanted to tell you one thing. I thought about the shallow. That's what I I was prepared to have as a backup for today. I woke up with identity. Then from identity, I went to um, uh, Matthew 9.16 to 1 Corinthians 13.11 to Luke 5.37 to coordinates to coordinate plane. And here we go. All right, so. Let's take a look at uh, Matthew 9 and 16. That was the first scripture. Let me read that to you. Hold on. Now, if you're seriously new to me and you hear me reading these scriptures, I, I'm not I'm not putting down traditional Christians. I'm not putting that down. But that is not me. I am seriously not here to do that. But what I will say is I will use anything that helps me or conceptually, like for me for understanding that's another scripture and all that getting get an understanding i don't know where that's in the bible but i'm i'm a person of deep knowing and i will use text to help me to know and to understand and so i'm talking loud because i got the air conditioner on in the car hold on let me turn that off so um i'm seriously just using these scriptures for understanding all right i curse way too much to be considered a traditional Christian. And many people will be like, she ain't no Christian. She don't, she's not a Christian cursing like that. So you take it however you need to take it. You know, you do you. You do you, boo. I'm going to do me. All right. So I just wanted to share, you know, if you are new to me, I don't want you to be like, yo, is this a, no, this is not a religious podcast. I curse way too much. Sorry, spirit. Okay. So, so anyway, so let me read to you Matthew's nine and sixteen, nine and sixteen, and I and I do ask for forgiveness if I'm offensive to anybody. Uh, I'm just trying to walk in my authenticity, and I don't want to pretend. I don't want to pretend like I don't look at scripture, and I don't want to pretend like I don't curse. I do both, and I'm just. I decided a, a, a year or two ago to be honest about that. So whatever it means, it means it. And then as I continue to grow, maybe I'll stop doing one or the other. 
but this is where I'm at at this point of the world in in the space time um, cube. I haven't talked about space time in a while. All right, Matthew nine sixteen. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. I was like, what do you mean the rent is made worse? So I had to go to a different... That was the King James Version. That's the most traditional uh, version that we use. Uh, so I was like, let me go to a different version. So this is the New International Version. I'm going to read a, a, a different version of that same scripture. Matthew 9, 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from the garment... Making the tear worse. That wasn't the first one I landed on. I'm sorry. That wasn't the first one. I'm going to come back to that one. The first one I landed on was... Yep, that is the first one I landed on. But I didn't know it was scripture. I didn't look that one up first. But that was the first thing that was coming to me as I was preparing to talk to you all about identity. This idea of taking off the garment, like taking off the garment. I was like, is that scripture? So here it is. It is a scripture. Do not put new cloth, a patch of a new cloth on an old garment because it won't fully fit. And what's going to happen is it's going to tear the garment. That's what I understand. For that which is put in to fill it up, take it from the garment. Making the tear, the original tear worse. Oh my God, I could just stay right here. And I didn't unpack this. When this thought came to me, and all that came to me when I was thinking about identity and this idea of old garment and new garment, was I just had this, like a, a flash of an image of me taking off clothes. Like, <laughs> taking off clothes <laughs> sometimes, anyway. Taking off clothes, right? And um, And I think... When I, when I read this scripture, what it makes me think about, and in terms of what I'm going through, maybe why this image came to me, um, is I'm trying to go into the new, holding on to the old. And I promise you, this is a lesson that has been on repeat for about seven years. I think this came to me in 2016. It was a different scripture. Be ye not conformed. I'm going to look that one up. Be ye not conformed to something of this world. Be ye transformed, right? And I, 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 I literally am stuck here. Because it's like, I don't fully know how to walk into the new. Because it's new. And I keep going, I'm holding on to the things of the past. Well, we already know why, right? Because I, the, the heart of why I'm doing that, holding on to the past, is because the past allows me to have the security that I want. Two things. Probably three. Leadership and the resources, the money that comes with my leadership occupation. I don't want to walk away from that. So I want to walk into something new, but I don't want to lose out on the security and the identity. That is the truth. You've been hearing me say that. And as much as I'm learning and growing, 
that is still what I'm wrestling with. So that's how I heard that scripture. I mean, that's what I think that scripture is about. And then it made me go to a scripture that I do know. I think it's 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Let me look that one up right quick. The second scripture says almost the same thing. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Man, this is convicting me, right? There's a lot of conviction here. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I'm an INTJ, right? I'm a, I'm a rational thinker. I'm a strategizer. But you're strategizing like a child, sweetie. You're strategizing as the person you were. There's so much in your horizon. There's so much possibility in your future. But you keep going back to the old garment, to the ways of your childhood. And that's why you keep being stuck here. That's why I keep having those pain points. That second storm that I'm in from my work, I'm going to keep having those storms. I know it. I know it, y'all. Not because I'm trying to speak that on me. Uh, it's just a way, it's a way of my past. It's an old garment. It's a way of thinking from my past. Let me give you that third scripture. Matthews 9 and 16. Now this one I can quote. I, I always tell people you cannot put new wine in old wineskin. Matthews 9 Matthew 9 16 says No that's that's I read that one already. Yep. Bear with me. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. I meant to say Luke 5 37 through 39. Luke 5 Luke chapter 5 excuse me Luke chapter 5 verses 37 to 39. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the swineskins will be ruined but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better oh my gosh i just had to put you guys on pause for a hot second i did, i never read i never read the ending of that the only part I was familiar with is no one puts new wine into old wine skins or else the new wine skin will burst but that last part and no one having drunk old wine me, oh my gosh you guys this is going to make me cry oh my god this is so perfect oh my goodness I'm sorry and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better that's exactly what I'm dealing with right so the new isn't as provocative I see all kinds of wisdom in the new I know it I know it but it's not sexy it's not excuse me well probably it's probably not sexy it's not comforting it's not familiar no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new. Oh my God. 
I'm sorry, you guys. This is amazing. Because that's exactly what I was saying before I read this third scripture. Because I didn't even finish reading it as I was prepping to talk to you all. I was like, okay, I'm going to find this scripture. I'm going to find this one. I'm going to find it. I didn't read it. No one says I want No one says after you already know. I already know my identity of the past. I already know the resources I can get from that old way of being. Right? I already know how to live like that. I already know what the money that it's going to give me. I already know the resources it's going to provide me. I know that. And knowing that is familiar and it's comforting. And although it's it's ripping the garment, right? I'm trying to take this new and patch it onto the old. It's ripping the new. What was the other one? Um, new wine. What was the other one I read about the garment? Oh, um, uh, putting off childish ways and thinking as a man, you know, thinking as an adult. I know that. I I have enough knowledge to know it. I can't say it's wisdom, though. Because if it was wisdom, I would be walking in it. It's knowledge. There's a difference between information, knowledge, and wisdom. I think there's a fourth one. Oh, data, information, knowledge, and wisdom. So I, I got the data part. I got the information part. But I'm stuck at knowledge. Because if I were really walking in the wisdom, I wouldn't keep be I wouldn't be on repeat with you all. You listen, listen to all of season six. You are witnessing it. This is a real journal for me. You are witnessing me wrestling here. But this scripture is explaining why. That's just what no one says. Oh, I want the new. Yeah, give me the new. Because it's not familiar yet. It's not familiar. I have not created the pathways. I have. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be unsettling. It's going to. But I have to push forward. So, this was good. This is before I even talk about the coordinates. This is good. This is a really good way to go into the coordinates. And then I'm actually going to start closing. <laughs> and I have told you nothing. I have not given you any events of the week. <laughs> this has been all conceptual. You guys know I like conceptual reflections more than event-based reflections. But you all like when I talk about events more than I talk about con- concepts. So, you know, we got a problem here. we got a situation that we're going to have to work this thing out. Because I like talking about concepts. You like me when I talk about events. Um, so anyway, hopefully some of you are still listening today. Um, so let me try to talk about the coordinates stretch. Like, how did I get to this coordinates? So what I was thinking about is that clearly, clearly I'm straddling to, I'm straddling to, I'm straddling, seeing the new, got enough knowledge about, I have to move forward. I've been talking a lot about. You know, for a long, a big chunk was me embracing my leadership orientation. All right. Then the next chunk that I didn't have to, I actually didn't have to suffer and labor here. Well, maybe I did. Was around money. And at first I was going to say I didn't have to labor here long. But I really was laboring for about a year. But I wasn't calling the labor. I wasn't talking directly about money. I was talking about toilet paper. You knew you're gonna have to go back and listen to some other episodes. I'm not gonna explain it now. For those of you who've been listening, you know what I'm talking about. 
fight for a year. I've talked about big bundles of toilet paper, but what I was, what I've come to realize within the last month or so, what I was actually talking about, I wasn't talking about toilet paper. I was talking about money. And in the last month or two, I've come to terms with me having an issue with money, not managing it, not saving it, not even strategizing with it. But I have a my I struggle with the I have a ideology of money, what it means to what it has meant has meant something negative. And so I've been really meditating on and I listened to this lady talk on YouTube. She said, you've got to reimagine money. And so it didn't take me long once I really got to confronting what the real problem was. It didn't take me long. Okay. So with that, I understand there's an issue of leadership that I'm not, I can't walk away from. And there's an issue of money I don't want to walk away from. Right. So if I understand that, it's going to be very hard for me to walk into something new because there are different kinds of leadership and I don't always differentiate them when I mention it, right? And I think I've occupied different forms of leadership. There's thought leadership, there's organizational leadership, there's instructional leadership, right? Those, those are the, um, forms of leadership that I operate in most. Thought leadership, organizational leadership, and, um, instructional leadership. Administrative leadership, I've done it. I don't think I'm the best. And as a matter of fact, I'm so over. I know, I get judged at work because I don't even try to do the administrative components. You know, I can outsource the administrative tasks. You can have somebody else do that. That is, that's not, you don't need to use, I, I, no, <laughs> I've learned, I've learned to outsource that thing that other people can do, outsource it. And that for which only I can do, put my energy on to what I can do and not outsource um, and not spend my time doing what other people can do. If other people can do it, do it. And it took me a long time to be okay with that as a supervisor because when I was a supervisor, delegating tasks is amazing. People go, well, you can do that. And I remember when I was a beginning supervisor, that knocked me on my butt because I was like, okay, I can do it. And I had a friend of mine who was like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you're supposed to. You're supposed to do the things that they can't do. And so somebody recently said, yeah, yeah. Or I had to say, you know, I'm not asking you to do this because I can't. Because she had this, her identity, her identity was baked in doing doing things because I couldn't do it. I'm like, no, baby. No, you can do it faster and you might do it better because I'm not perfecting that. But I could do it. But I'm going to tell you, there are things that I can do that you cannot do. So guess who should do them? I should do them. Anyway, I don't know if I've lost you all. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so clearly that was a rabbit hole I just fell into. And I, I paused for a second because I can't remember why I fell in that rabbit hole. So I'm just going to rewind a little bit, pick up where I left off. I mean, pick up somewhere and I, I'm pretty sure it'll come back to me. So my apologies for the disjointed the disjointedness that's about to happen or that is happening. Um, so anyway, I think that is, you know, I'm stuck. Be, I'm stuck between, um, I'm stuck between desiring the familiarity of the lessons I've already learned. Right. Because it, the past, the old garment, the old garment, 
the old wine skin, the childish ways, brought leadership, which is important to me, and money. I know where I fell off into that rabbit hole. I was talking about different types of leadership. I think that's what happened. I don't know why. Why was I talking about three different types of leaders? I don't differentiate it. And so, oh, I know why. So moving into the new is going to require a type of leadership for a while. It's going to, it's going to require it's going to take me away from the kind of leadership I enjoy doing. It's going to take me away from that for a minute because I got to build it up. So I like, I enjoy organizational leadership and I like developing the organization systems. I love developing the systems and in tandem with developing the systems in an organization, I like moving, uh, directing people in that system, Right. I, I, I like that. That feeds me. So I've got to build a new system. I can't direct people. I can't direct people until the system is built. So I got to build the system. And I'm a little bored with that idea. It's a little boring to me. Now, and I think because I've built organizational systems before from scratch before I think the novel I think the novelty of doing building systems from scratch I've done it already so whereas before I was like I can prove that I can do this I don't know I don't know I don't know I never thought about a leadership stack for me like I like I like doing this leadership level one level two level three excuse me level one two and three I never thought about ranking the different types of leadership but that's really what I'm I think what I'm getting at that I'm going to be separate from the kind of leadership I enjoy for a while. And I got to gotta be okay with that. Because if I don't become okay with that, I'm going to be stuck in this loop. I'm going to be stuck with the um, putting old wineskin. Excuse me, new wineskin. Putting new wine in old wineskin. Putting new garments on old garments see I'm mixing these scriptures up I really shouldn't do that but I think that's what's happening I don't want to be away from the thing of the leadership I enjoy I'm not going to be able to just walk right into it I'm definitely not going to walk right into the money that I want to make definitely not going to do that so there's going to be a hit on that and so what I've been telling myself um, because I have to be honest right You've got to, you know, my grandfather would say, I've said this to you before. My grandfather would say, tell the truth and shame the devil. I got to be honest. I don't want to walk away. I don't want to walk away from the money I make. I can walk away from the money I make today, but I don't want to go too far away from it. I don't. But what I've been telling myself is, just like I said, I'm going to struggle if I I am no, oh God, this is what happened this week. I, I, I am very close here. I'm going to close with an event. I'm going to try rather. I, I can't tell you how many interviews I had this week. I want to say, let me count. Hold on a second. Four. Four. 
Um, yeah. I talked to four employers this week. And three of them were formal, like, like in front of a group of people, having them ask me questions, being on the spot, having an answer. And the last interview I did, I had to drive there. I drove an hour to get, about an hour and a half to get there. And I've never been interviewed by so many people. Like, that's not true. When I was in my entrepreneurial self and I was going after a contract, I got in front of hundreds of people to advocate for, um, but never for a job. I never had, I've never been in front of this many people for a job. This was a principal's position. Uh, uh, um, an elementary school position, and one of the one of the girls asked me, "Your your teaching background is secondary, which is sixth grade, grade six through twelve. How, how are you going to handle elementary?" I was like, "Well, I have some elementary experience. Let me show you. Know, I got about five years of that, but but most of my experience has been as, as secondary. But so anyway, after I you know after we finished, um, the the guy, I guess he was the, the boss, you know." He was like, well, the, t- the hard part is over. And I was like, that was hard? That wasn't hard for me. You know, um, there is a, there's a lady in the office. Uh, you guys, the television show, The American Office with Steve Carell. And she was, this. her name is, character, her name is Angela. I think her actual name is Angela, too. And she is very rigid and uptight. And she for they do the annual reviews and she really was excited about getting in front talking about herself so I don't know if it's about talking about myself that I enjoy my sister just said that too like she just went through a review process I think it's the achiever in me like I think it's being able to be analytical on the spot it's about being analytical, strategic, finding the right words, making a connection. It's about achieving the target. And I think it's it's very TE for me. And I'm using that NI, right? I'm reading the room. I'm reading the room. To, you know, I'm listening to the question. I'm reading the room. And I'm trying to determine what part of my background is best suited for this question at this time in this space. And I enjoy that immensely. So I had four interviews. Three of them were um, one was informal, the other three were formal. And there was a pattern. There was such a pattern that Thursday night, I felt low going to bed. I went to bed kind of low. Like, what are you doing? Seriously. What are you doing? You are no longer that person. And here's the truth. I was never that person. So uh, I went to school to, to get a principal's license. I got two leadership licenses. One is a principal, and then I have another license that's called an instructional leadership leader. That, that means I can go into any K-12 school and, and um, look at cu- curriculum and, oh, you know, I'm having a breakthrough. Look at curriculum, look at learning and development. I'm having a breakthrough. Another thing that happened this week well, it's been happening, but I'm in touch with some people, some friends. You guys have heard me talk about getting rid of old friends. Went through a season where I lost all my old friends. I'm going through a season where I'm making those connections. So I told you last weekend, I I went to 
dinner with one. And then Sunday, um, excuse me, Saturday, I was connected to a second one. Um, and then I feel like, and then, uh, um, another one from a long time ago popped up and called me out the blue yesterday. And we talked for about an hour and a half. I was like, yo, what is this? What is going on here? And so it's almost, it's, it's almost, um, it's, I feel like it's connecting to this lesson around, uh, work and, you know, old wineskin, old garments, childhood ways. Because I'm connecting to these people that I had a deep connection with in my, in the past. So the connection was so deep that when I'm talking to them today, there's still intimacy there. Right? You have my history. You know my thinking. You, We had a closeness. But I am not who I used to be. So you can see it in the timber of our connection. Right? So we can go. Here's the shallow concept. We can go in so far. But we're not going to be able to linger in the depth of the thing. Because I'm not that person. Chances are they are not that either. But I don't know them as they are today. And they don't know me as I am today. So all we can do is connect in the past. And then just like, just, this is a perfect metaphor. And just what is happening with this workspace and this vision. I can venture off. I can, with the friend I talked to yesterday for an, uh, uh, an hour and a half, I could, I could, sprinkle into some of the new places of me. I can venture off into that. But I it it I could there was no depth there. It was shallow. I couldn't linger there. Now it wasn't that I couldn't linger there. Let's go back to the past. It was just like, well, thank you for calling. And there were poor things that she would say and I was just like, Ugh, oh no. We're not gonna do this a lot. And then she said, I'm I promise I'm gonna call more in my head I was like, no don't call more. Don't. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud because, you know, she didn't, she wouldn't know that. And I love the fact that she, you know, she's been wanting to be connected to me for a while. And I pushed her away. I pushed her away because there was no way for me to grow with any of those friends. There was no way of me going forward because they were holding on to me and the older version of me. That's the same thing with these jobs. It's holding on to an older version of me. I'm bouncing around, y'all, but I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to land the plane. I'm getting ready to land it. And so one of the patterns that I saw in all of the interviews, they were, they were, oh my gosh. I don't mean to sound arrogant and cocky, but I'm not lying to you. Every last interview, there was, um, there was wonderment. There was aweness of, wow. One of the interviews started off that way. The lady literally said, the, and she kept emphasizing that she was the CEO. And I was like, that means something. The fact that she keeps telling me that she's the CEO. And then she's telling me who I, that the person I would report to would report to her. Because technically, technically, if I was really going... Oh my God, I'm, I don't, I don't want to fall into a rabbit hole. But if you're hiring me for a position and the person I'm going to report to reports to you, 
that person should be the one interviewing me. Now, it would be fun. It's okay for me to come and meet you to let, to know who you are in the chain of a command, but you really shouldn't be interviewing me. The person who is going to be holding me accountable, giving me my direction, I, they should be interviewing me. So I knew that that meant something. There was something happening there. There was something happening there. And I actually, that was one I told her about maybe, maybe I said 15, but maybe 20, 25 minutes into that call. I was like, you know, I think that um, we shouldn't, I don't think I'm a fit for this position. I don't think I'm your principal. I said, it's too, I said, you know, it's too top heavy. You're telling me too many people that I have to report to before I get to you. And we already know that don't work for me. I can report to a person. I can't report to a stack. Now, if you exist far off in the world and I don't ever have to meet, come to terms with you, I'm fine. But you needing to be visible and you want, I'm not getting ready to report to three people in a hierarchy. And, and I have to attend to all three of you at the same time. No, I will not do that. And I don't think it's necessary. And I don't need it. <laughs> How about that? So I was very gracious. I, and I was just like, you know, I think I need, I said, you know, I, I, I'm more, I, I'm more autonomous than what this position might allow. I need more autonomy. And I need more jurisdiction than this position might allow. Maybe we should talk about using me as a consultant. So she seemed really excited about that. I don't really know. There's something else going on. But here's the thing. This lady knew me from back when I had my own school, right? And that's the thing people were wondering. Like, you had your own school. Why are you interviewing for a principal's position? Now? Well, because I don't have the school anymore. I don't have it. I got to work. And I'm not 100% in love with the idea. Well, I'm not in love with the idea of creating another school to do it the way I did before. That's not what I want to do moving forward. So, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm, I got I want to land the plane. But see, I get into these events and there's so much to unpack here. But I want to say what I, I want to state this point. Because when I got on that call with her, the first thing she said to me was, first of all, she just, um, this is what she said. First of all, I want to just congratulate you on all that you've done. You've accomplished a lot. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, why are you, why, why are we starting here? Everybody that applies for a job has accomplished something because that's what the resume does, right? So I was like, huh, and then she listed off my major, my major achievements. She listed them off. I'm like, okay, well, okay, I did it. I, I'm not, all right. The person I talked to on Friday brought up my school. Well, tell me about that. The lady that I talked to three or four times, which I'm, she's another one I'm thinking about rescinding my application because she's like, she's having a hard time. She's like, you're just not traditional. You're non-linear. You're non-linear. So finally I had to say, what does that mean? I think I told you guys about her already. She brought it up again. I said, what does that mean? You say you're looking for somebody who's um, who's transformational, who can come into your organization and create a change. I'm your person who can do that if you truly want to change. But let me tell you something, ma'am. 
No one who's no one who has followed a linear traditional pathway is going to be able to come in there and be transformational. You can read about transformational baby, but you cannot do it until you you don't know the nuance of it the way I know it because I live transformation. All right. All right. Let's see. Do you guys hear the conflict? So I went to bed so heavy Thursday and I'm just I talked to a friend of mine on Friday and she spoke so much life into me. And she's actually somebody I bumped heads with before. But we've been working it out. And we've been saying we're so proud of us. We've worked through that conflict. We've worked through it. She spoke so much life into me on Friday. She said, "Let me," and I'm going to give this to you all. You listening to me, I want you to hear this. Because this was such... And she's an INTJ, by the way. She's a black female INTJ. And she's an educator. She's not a social scientist. But but we do have a uh, an equity, we do share uh, an equity uh, background. Um, so much in common, so much in common with this young lady. And the irony that we bumped heads, it makes complete sense. I mean, it, I guess it's not ironic. But anyway, what she said is, she said, don't play their game. Don't play their game. You design a new game and you play that. You design a new game and you play that. And that is what I've been trying to do. And that's kind of, and I am, I'm, I promise you, I'm getting ready to, I'm landing the plane. I'm, as a matter, I'm landing it. I'm in the final descent here. <laughs> when we talk about the coordinates and the coordinate plane, let me do this here. When I looked up coordinates, okay, what took me to coordinates was, the idea of input and output. When I looked at those three scriptures, Matthew 9, 16, Luke 5, 37, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, I was like, okay, I want to link these three scriptures together. There's no way I'm going to pick one. I'm going to talk about all three of those scriptures. And I wanted to create a conceptual map for those three scriptures. So I play, the map I came with is not perfect. Like I'm doing this like in like seconds, y'all. So for one, I put, I put clothes, then I put container, and, and the second one I put container, and the third one, third one I put behaviors. I was like, oh, I don't like that. And then I said, okay, let's go, let's try it, and let's do a different map. And I did one put was input, the second one was input, the third one was output. I was like, well, what do you call it? What do you call the first one? Because I think I, for, for, for whatever reason, Luke 537 was, was saying input to me. And 1 Corinthians 13, 11 was saying output. So I was like, what are we going to do with Matthews 9 and 16? So then I was like, okay, let's look up input, output and see what comes up. Because if you look up input, output, a word might come up that will speak to this Matthews 9 and 6 because I'm trying to put this conceptual map. When I put input, output into Google, coordinate came up. That's how I got to coordinate. And it was a graph. And I don't know which one is right. So on one axis is input. On the other axis is output. And then you, those two lines form a perfect, 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 oh my God, perpendicular, perpendicular line where they meet. And that's the coordinate of two points coming together, living side by side. And the plane is the, the sphere. 
So I'm going to try to. So here's the new. Okay. I know. I'm saying one more time. I'm closing. I promise you now. I'm turning off the engine now. <laughs> Turn off the engine, okay? The plane has landed. I'm turning off the engine. I think what I'm going to walk away with, and I don't know what you're going to walk away if you're still listening to me, but what I'm going to walk away with is this. I'm going to stop beating myself up about straddling those two worlds, the in and the, the, um, the new and the old. I'm going to try at least. I'm going to allow for there to be a transitional phase where I have a, a, um, a sphere, the plane, the coordinate plane, output, input. And so the lady who kept questioning me about, you're so, you're not linear, you're not linear, you're so, you're not traditional. She, I told you this already. I think I said this to you last week. If not, I'm going to, if I did, I'm saying again. Okay. So just bear with me. She said to me, she said, you know, this job is a full-time job and you, you got a lot going on. You're doing a lot. How are you going to do this full-time job with all this other going, all that, the other stuff going on? And I said, if I were a single woman without kids, and a spouse, excuse me, if I were a single, excuse me, let me say it different. If I weren't a single woman without kids and without a spouse, that means if I had kids, if I were a mom with a spouse, you would never question my ability to take care of my kids, my family, and my career. You would not question that. Or at least you're, it would be unlawful, illegal for you to do that. You would understand that there is time for work and there's time for family. That's the same thing with my, my world. I have a career and I have a vocation. That's how I explained it. And really the vocation work drops down my hours for vocation. They drop down significantly. I don't even understand why she was having a hard time with that. What she did was she went and found my four websites that I've had since two, some of those websites, one of those websites I have had since 2000, 2011. I'm not doing all this stuff from that website. I just haven't shut it down because I still, I use these websites in different ways. I didn't shut it down. So no, no, but I've, sometimes people are looking for ways to exclude you. That's all she's doing. She's othering me. She's looking for a way to justify, the, to exclude me. Here's what, and I'm going to go into race. Dang it. I don't want to start the engine again. But she, the first call, you know, she's all enthusiastic. And, you know, we really want, oh my God, it's all coming to me now. We really want a person of color. Um, and, you know, our students are black and you're black. And we really want representation matters and, um, and your dissertation, all of that's fake enthusiasm. You can miss me with that. And more than likely, she was putting me side by side with some non-black candidates, non-candidates of color, and my credentials were going to outshine them. And she was finding a way to blemish me, 
to put a blemish on me. Because I, I ended up calling somebody that knew the position and knew the person I was interviewing. And that's what she said. She said, she's skewing you to present you to the CEO in a certain way. That's exactly what it is. Yep, it's exclusionary. It's Those of you who do equity work, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, then go do some reading. I can't. I can't. I can't. So anyway, that's what this week has been about. You People taking that, so that bat past, and not understanding that I have to use it. I'm using that to get to my future. I'm not just going to walk away if I don't... Now, if, I, if, if the universe, if God requires me to walk completely away from my, my career in order to move more into my vocation, I will be obedient. I will be obedient. But the coordinate plane, two points coming together and existing on this plane means I have a prerogative to create a place where both of those are true. The old and the new are true. It's true. It's my transition phase. That's the coordinate plane. Boom. There it is, y'all. That's the coordinate plane where the old and the new are going to find a way to live side by side. Not equally. Because when it's all said and done, and I'm doing more of my vocation, I'm still going to hold on to some parts of my career. I might, instead of me doing five hours of the vocation and 55 hours of the career, I might flip that. It'll be 55 hours of the vocation and five hours of the career, right? We don't know. But I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm moving forward in the coordinate plane. Two points. Two points coming together. I did it. I don't know how I did it. I put all those scriptures together. I put the words together. I gave you a couple of events from this week. I did it. <laughs> I don't know if it's only one person listening to me. Thank you very much. Okay, you guys, this is a very real journal for me. I'm very much processing real um, my journey in real time. And um, thank you for being here. Um, thank you. Okay. Woo. If this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If my talking about uh, scripture, you know, just the old and the new and trying to wrestle with that, knowing that there's new, you know, knowing that there's new um, and also understanding why I'm still holding on to the old is this. This has just been very healing. This reflection has been very healing for me. So if that if this conversation about straddling the old and the new um about I talked a little bit about religion and spirituality and juxt, juxtaposing those two job interviewing leadership different types of leadership if any of these talking points are part of uh, connected to conversations you've had in the world please take this link and share it with those participants if my moving about in this reflection has caused some randomness in you I'd love to hear it I really would you can find me on my website your nidom.wordpress.com on Twitter, like the person who told me that they like, yo, get some get some new videos up on YouTube. I'm going to work on it. Thank you. Because I love the feedback. I like when you guys engage. Um, you don't have to do it a lot because, you know, my, my bandwidth for people is not I. So I'm not begging you to, to communicate with me a lot. But I do enjoy it. You know, I intellectually, specifically when you present, you share concepts with me. Okay. So if my moving about has caused some randomness, and I'd love to hear that. Um, I said that already. You can find me on my website, yourenidom.wordpress.com, Twitter, yourenidom1, Facebook, and YouTube, yourenidom. I'm back on Facebook 
found a way to um, get back to my Your N.I. Dom Facebook page because I had gone back to my personal page. And anyway, so I'm back. I got that all worked out. Um, so, yeah, come and find me there. Um, let me give you your assignment. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. I got. I, I think I'm ready for... Um, I've been paused for a minute. I'm trying to really process what I want to, what I want to give you as an assignment. Um, I'm a little bit stuck. I feel a little bit, um, I'm struggling a little bit with the assignment because the word atonement came up for me as I was quiet for a while. I was sitting in silence and, you know, meditating and, and like, what's going to resonate? What assignment can I give them? And the word atonement came up and I was like, I think it works, but let me look up the word. And so it's the process by which people remove obstacles to their reconciliation with God. Now that's a spirit. It looks like that's a spiritual. But maybe atonement is a spiritual concept. Let me see. What's another word? Yep. Penance. Redemption. Reparation. Reparations. Amends. Okay. And I'm torn because I, I want to. My, my assignment I'm going to give you is about coordinates. I'm going to. I think I'm going to situate the assignment in coordinates. But let me just talk a little bit about atonement. For me, the atonement was. It was an obstacle. Like I was. I I was feeling guilty. Like. I was feeling like it was one or the other. Like I got to either. Strip myself from my income. Strip myself from my identity. Or be completely tied to my income and my identity. And no, there's a transition phase. The coordinate plane where two points are reconciled, are in harmony with each other, existing as one for a transitional period. And maybe it's going to be forever because I think, like I said, I always, I'm going to just invert it in terms of the number of hours I spend doing one or the other. I'm going to invert it. But anyway... And so the atonement for me is take, removing the guilt or the, the um, perseverating. Perseverating like I'm constantly trying to, I'm stuck here, like trying to figure it out. What do we do? You know, I'm over and over, on repeat, asking the same question over and over again, over and over and again, over and over again. And just, so I've removed that barrier. It's okay. It's both and. It's both and. Imagine that. It's both and. So my question to you is, what is a both and truth that you can embrace? What is, is there something that you've been wrestling with for forward motion, but there's something of the past that's holding on to you? So you can't, you, you, you got to grow from it, but it's holding on to you all the same. And you're struggling with that. You're struggling with looking forward and looking back, right? Because, you, you know, I talked about that last week. Uh, looking at the activity my dad took me forward and being able to took me through looking looking being able to have faith in moving forward by looking back both of those are true so I um somebody just put on some music or like why did you pull up next to me and put that music up but anyway um so that's what I'm going to ask you. What is something that is that you're wrestling with for growth? You can see where you're supposed to go. You're not struggling with seeing it. You have, you're struggling with letting something go from the past. 
and that struggle is causing inertia. You're not doing anything because you're you're perseverating like, oh, should I go forward? Should I go back? And you're doing nothing. Embrace the coordinate. Embrace the coordinate plane. Both of those can be together as one point. What did my friend say? Create a new game. Don't play the old game. Create a new game and play it well. Create your own game. Create your own coordinate plane and play it well. Woo! That's fire for me. Good for me. I don't know if it was good for you, (laughs) y'all. But anyway, hey, you can tell I got good energy. You guys hold me up this week. Um, You know, this is going to be a big week um, in terms of family. Um, And so just keep me lifted up in positive energy. I thank you very much for that. And um, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.